Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. And look, it's not just about Texas, but Texas is part of America. What an incredible week to be behind the microphone, to get to share a little bit of time with you before we kick things off for the 4th of July. Independence Day is tomorrow, is upon us this week. You know, if you're watching the show through Facebook Live, you'll also see a broadcast of this on YouTube. So we invite you, if you're watching through YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you can continue to get updates of the work we do. If you're new to the show and the broadcast, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as they relate to the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And we're at about episode 220 at this point. Very excited that have four years of existence of this program uninterrupted, if you will, consecutive shows. And it's been a part of our work for quite some time, I think uh, over four years now. And it's a part of our effort of communicating to people about what happens in the state of Texas. But then there are things that happen outside of the state that can impact our state. And so we'll talk about those issues as well. But a lot of talk continues to be about what happened in the legislative session and what's going to happen moving forward. And one of the places that you can hear about that is our Texas Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum, which is going to be September 6th and 7th here in the greater Austin area. We invite you to come from wherever you're going to be. That's going to be at Great Hills Baptist Church. But if you've listened to the show before, you know, we're blessed to have some great guests to come on and talk about these policy issues of faith, family, and freedom and what's happening in the state of Texas. So I'm excited to welcome back to the Texas Values Report our Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick was elected as Lieutenant Governor in 2014 before and re-elected in 2018. Before that, he served proudly in the Texas Senate and had a tremendous career in um, radio broadcast, in television, and just did a lot of great things in the city of Houston, showed his leadership well. And But, you know, one of the things that's great about it over that time, being someone who grew up and uh, still has family in Houston, he and I are able to continue to develop a very great friendship that I'm very proud of. But it really starts with our Christian faith that we share together. So welcome back to the Texas Values Report, Lieutenant Governor Patrick. Hey, Jonathan, uh, great to be with you. 200 plus episodes. That's pretty astounding. That's, that's pretty astounding. Congratulations. That's right. Well, I, that's a, I appreciate that. Record. No, I mean, look, you get busy in the work and then you're, you you look back and you're like, oh my goodness, we've, we've uh, put together quite a few shows. And with your history and background in this field, I aspire sometime, somehow to be at as many broadcasts as you've been on, but you know how you know challenging it can be, but also how rewarding. And you know how important it can be to have great guests. And so we're excited that you're on. Well, I'm excited to be here. Um, so this is uh, at, a, at a great time when we're celebrating uh, the birth of our country, a country, despite those who who want to disagree, uh, founded on the Word of God, the Ten Commandments, founded on uh, the principles and the values uh, that we read about in the Bible that have really set the tone for how civilized society has uh, tried to live um, over thousands of years, but this country clearly founded on the Word of God. And I believe, Jonathan, to me, one of the reasons we've been so blessed, and we have been so blessed as a state and so blessed as a nation, is that we are true to looking to God as opposed to government or any one individual. We look to God first and foremost in our country and always have. And secondly, because our country— has blessed Israel, and the Bible is very clear about that issue. 
and we continue to be the strongest ally uh, on the planet Earth for Israel. And so this is a uh, this is a it's a great a great time of the year uh, on the Fourth of July to celebrate our independence, our liberty, our freedom, the written word, the spoken word of our founders. And um, I, I always love in a, in a debate or a speech to challenge those who say, no, no, our founders uh, didn't believe in God. And, and some had their own beliefs. Uh, Jefferson printed his own unique Bible without the miracles, for example. But if you look at our founders in general and you read the writings of Washington and, and, and others uh, at that time, it's clear this is a nation founded on the Word of God. Well, and look, those things, those principles that guide you, your servant leadership is, is so much inspired by your Christian faith and how important those values of faith, family, and freedom uh, are to you personally, and they do matter for the state of Texas. We just wrapped up our legislative session. You presided so well and in such a tremendous way over the Texas Senate. And But that, in order to get legislation passed, as we know, we got to have movement in the House as well. We saw you and our new speaker, Dennis Bonin, as well as our governor, Greg Abbott, work together. And a couple of things we want to talk about that happened during the session, sure. two, two pro-life bills and one religious liberty bill. And you and I, our friendship started really with you working at the Texas Senate. You, you know, as well as many other people, if not better than most, that a lot of times the view is, you pass, you um, file legislation, maybe it takes two or three sessions to get something passed when it's meaningful, but that's not always the case. And the three bills that we're going to talk about, um, particularly at least the version of the last one, these are all the first session. First, the one I want to mention is House Bill 16. We saw the issue. We know life has always been something that's been very dear to your heart. The Board of Live Infant Protection Act really came up because of things we ha saw happening across the country in New York and Virginia, where we saw elected officials suggesting and a piece of legislation that passed that if a child is born as a result of a failed abortion, that they might not have protection and it might be okay to still end their life outside of the womb. And there was some concern of whether or not it was clear in our state law that a child that was born as a result of a failed abortion would still have that protection. House Bill 16 made it clear that those unborn children, once they are born, if you will, have that protection. That's a state law now that Governor Abbott signed and that your leadership was a big part of. Well, you know, Jonathan, I, I was just stunned, quite frankly stunned, when I heard the words from the governor of New York, Cuomo, and the governor of Virginia about how they would allow a baby to die if, if it had planned to be aborted, but the baby actually survived. I mean, it was just unbelievable, the positions that they took. And so we wanted to be sure in Texas we made a clear statement uh, on that issue. And, and actually, this was an unusual bill in that, and as you know, but for the folks that don't follow the legislature every day as you do, that often either the House will pass the bill or the Senate will pass the bill because that that uh, eliminates a double hearing, that eliminates double floor debate, um, and that eliminates anything going wrong with a bill, uh, for example. Pass it once, you know. And, and in this case, um, it was both passed by the Senate and by the House. Right. And because we wanted to make a statement in the Senate, and they wanted to make a statement in the House, and, and uh, we uh, we adopted the uh, the, the House uh, bill, um, and uh, it's just a clear statement of where we are on Texas on on the life issue. You know, I I don't know, Jonathan. I can't prove this. I guess I could dig in the archives, or or you may know this, or some of the right to life groups. 
but I believe Texas is the most pro-life state in the country. And, uh, you know, it started with, and, and you have been there every step of the way with me on this. It started with the sonogram bill. You did mention it takes time sometimes to pass a bill. It took, uh, it took me uh, the third session. Uh, and that bill alone, Jonathan, we were averaging 80,000 births, uh, abortions, rather, a year in Texas, leading the nation in abortions. And uh, working with crisis pregnancy centers, which I've been doing a long time before I was ever in office, I knew if we could kind of bring that thinking and standard into an abortion clinic where a woman was given the choice to see a sonogram to see that it's her baby uh, and not uh, something else that the abortion doctors tell them and as if it's not a human being, if they had the choice that I, I believe we could save one out of three, one out of four, one out of five babies from being aborted. And today, the abortions in Texas are down to about 55,000 a year, and, it, and they dropped dramatically. After that bill passed in 2011, you can see, Jonathan, where the abortions dropped dramatically the next year, and we've come down to about 55,000, so, and that's about where we are now. So that one bill alone has saved 25,000 babies a year, and uh, literally, uh, that's 100,000 Texans who are alive today because of the sonogram bill. So. Um, and that's just one of many things we've done on the life issue. There's always still more to do, um, and, and, and we have to do everything we can to overturn Roe v. Wade. And I believe that there will be a day and time when that happens. Well, we're talking with Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, our Lieutenant Governor for the great state of Texas, talking about uh, House Bill 16, the Born Alive Infant Protection Act, that in the Senate version was Senate Bill 23, one of your priority items, uh, Lieutenant Governor Patrick, and that was passed, signed into law by Governor Abbott. And you're right, some pieces, uh, the sonogram bill took several sessions to get there. And, and as I was taught in law school, what I was taught is the law is a teacher. So the public policy that we pass certainly can have an impact on what people think about certain issues and how what they decide to do moving forward. And so it's very encouraging to hear that the policies that are now in place are saving lives, that it's decreasing the number of abortions, if you will. And what I came into the legislature as far as doing some work primarily in 2007, the same session that you began, yeah. it was hard to get pro-life bills passed. This time we got two. I mean, there's was, there was a few others, but that got a lot of attention. The other one was Senate Bill 22, which was a priority item. This was the bill by Senator Donna Campbell that makes it clear that you can't have these government contracts with abortion providers, particularly at the local level. We know that the city of Austin had this sweetheart deal where they had a, a, a contract with Planned Parenthood for a government building of 3,700 square feet. They were giving them rent for $1 a year for 20 years. And this contract had a value on the fair market of being about $40 million over that same amount of time. But it was a way that the local government tried to really kind of get around the will of our state, which is to not allow tax dollars to be used for abortion providers, to get around that policy, to give their buddies and give them a sweetheart deal and give them a break. That type of contract is now illegal because of Senate Bill 22. Yes. And uh, Donna Campbell did a great job on that bill, and yes, it was a case of closing every loophole, every loophole, because we've defunded Planned Parenthood now for several sessions, um, but uh, those who want to abort uh, innocent lives uh, have uh, always tried to find a way to get around uh, the wall. And so, uh, and there was another bill we passed uh, by Eddie Lucio. Yep. Senate Bill 24? Bill was 24. And that ties back to the sonogram bill, because in the sonogram bill that we passed in 11, uh, in that bill it says that the, the abortion centers must hand information 
give information to the woman or, or young lady, very often young girls who are in there for an abortion, very often their first time ever to have any type of surgical procedure in their life, uh, and they're scared to death many times. And, and we've discovered they're not handing out the information. And so we wanted to put teeth in the law that they have to hand out that information. So that's another example how even when we pass a law, they try to ignore it. Donna Campbell's Bill 22, even though when we pass a law to ban parent, uh, government funding abortions, Planned Parenthood works out a deal with the city of Austin for a buck, as you mentioned, to get this, this uh, sweetheart deal, and that won't happen anymore. Uh, so um, those were two key bills. And, you know, and I look at every life. If, if we save, if those bills save another 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 100, whatever the number is of lives we save, that's a real life. That's a real human being uh, that's going to walk the earth and, uh, and be a Texan one day and be an American and contribute to society. Uh, so everything we do, some are big bills um, that have a tremendous impact and some are smaller bills. But every time you save a life, that's a tremendous impact. Well, and these two bills particularly were priority items, and it matters. When the lieutenant governor of the state of Texas says these are items that are priorities going into the session, they tend to get a little bit more support, a little bit more interest. And and we're so excited that two, three, you mentioned another one in Senate Bill, Bill 24 passed and got signed into law. We're talking with Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, the Lieutenant Governor of the great state of Texas. Governor Patrick, I'm holding up a picture of you. Uh, you're you're quite well known. You've done a lot of uh, videos on Facebook and, uh, excuse me, on Fox News and, and national media, but it's just part of what I do. And if you could also see me in the student studio, uh, Governor Patrick, I'm, I'm, I've got my Chick-fil-A cup because I went through the drive-thru earlier today and that bill passed. Senate Bill 1978, the Save Chick-fil-A Religious Freedom Bill, which was not a priority item. The issue really wasn't on anyone's radar, if you will, until March when the city of San Antonio decided they were going to ban Chick-fil-A from opening up a store in the San Antonio airport because they gave donations to the Salvation Army, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and to some extent because of some history that Chick-fil-A has in their owners about standing up for what the Bible says on issues of marriage and sexuality. But the bill filed by Matt Krause and Brian, Senator Brian Hughes, that bill had been filed in previous sessions, but when the issue came up, and, and it related to not allowing the government to punish people because of their religious views on marriage and sexuality, but when the issue came up in San Antonio, it ended up getting molded into that. And we spent some time with you on our Save Chick-fil-A Day, April 17th. You met with a yeah. group of pastors and a lot of other leaders because you— understood the value of this issue and you understood the issue of timing and during this happening during yeah. the legislative session gave us a great opportunity to to, do a, to address the issue yeah well and i remember seeing in the back hall after after we got the job done you know it was a it was a bill that um the left celebrated killing in the house and ex <laughs> excuse me they celebrated the day they killed the bill in the house and um so I, I got with the speaker and I said, if we can kick it out of here, um, can we can we pass it on the second time around? He said, you bet, get it over to us. So, um, well, and, and if I rules. if I could within the rules, yes, yes if I ahead. could say, uh, Lieutenant Governor Patrick, I, I want to just 
allow our audience to appreciate that, you know, because look, if there's anything we appreciate as Christians, we appreciate a good resurrection story. And this was a great resurrection story. I mean, there's no question the bill was dead. And this happens a lot with religious freedom bills. You know, I won't get into the, the you know, we could have some commentary on how that relates to some of our, the way it is of being a Christian, but that's just the reality. It can be very difficult to pass religious freedom bills because of a variety of factors. But one way that we're able to get things done is because of leadership from your your office, from your team, and you individually, your voice. And that bill was dead in the House. There's no question. It was towards the end of the cycle. It was on the final day for bills to pass. There was a point of order called. It couldn't be voted on again. But there was a Senate bill that had not moved yet. I think the wisdom or the thinking was, well, the House bill come over then, you know, as you were talking about before. So here's this Senate bill. But it was, you know, fairly late in the process. But really, a lot of thanks goes out to Senator Joan Huffman, for having a hearing, getting that bill moving. And I'm sure there were, you know, uh, part of that was the messaging from your leadership, the conversation you said you have with the Speaker's office, but it moved very quickly. And it doesn't have to take a lot of time. This issue had been vetted. And so members were motivated. They understand the importance of the issue and the timing. And you're right. It went over to the House and we got it done. Yeah, I I think uh, once the House bill uh, was killed to a point of order by the left um, and we had the bill sitting there, uh, we had to uh, suspend some rules, which are within the rules, to suspend the rules, which we did. And uh, that bill passed in a very brief period of time, I want to say in 11 days, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's well, up for total. Well, I mean, when we Go passed ahead. out of the Senate, it took yeah, you're right. about 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, and again, within the rules. And, and look, they had already had 11, I don't know, 10, 11 hours of hearings in the That's House right. on the bill. Some complained, well, we didn't get a chance to have a public hearing. We passed the exact bill, so there was plenty of time for the other side um, uh, to uh, protest it and, and testify. So uh, the hearing had been held. The bill was exact, as they uh, called a point of order on. And uh, so we we got the bill out and uh, sent it back, and, and it became law. And think about this, Jonathan, and this is why this particular bill was important. Um, and, and that is, if you're a business owner, mm-hmm. uh, and you want to give, as you said, the Salvation Army, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And quite frankly, if you want to give money to an organization that I wouldn't approve of, or you might not approve of or agree with, you should not be told you can't do business um, because of who you decide your business wants to support. That's not the American way. That's not what we celebrate the 4th of July about, of you know, liberty and, and freedom and independence. And again, it may be some people I disagree with that they're supporting or groups that they're supporting that I disagree with, but you can't penalize. You can't, you can't stop people from opening up their business. In the case of Chick-fil-A, which is a, which is a company that their founder uh, you know, is strongly a strong faith believer, to say you can't operate here um, uh, because you gave the salvation, that's just wrong. And, and I'm tired of Christians getting kicked around in this country. Um, uh, on a number of issues, and, and it's time for all states uh, to stand up for, for our Christian values. It seems in this country today that the left um, wants to be inclusive of everyone except a lot of Christians uh, and their faith. 
Well, and that was uh, the irony. We have to stand yeah. up for that. No, you're right. And that was the irony in San Antonio. They had a messaging campaign that they were in the middle of about that San Antonio welcomes all and it's such a welcoming city. And right. you have to stop and go, well, yeah, you mean, except if you're Chick-fil-A, because they took a vote on this, not once, but twice. And we were in a hearing that went till the next morning on the House version of the Chick-fil-A bill. We left that hearing at 7.30 a.m. An hour and a half later, the San Antonio met on this issue for the second time. They voted twice. They wouldn't even let Senator Donna Campbell speak. She came to the meeting down in San Antonio. It's a part of her district. She was shut out of the process. So was everybody else. Think about that. They wouldn't even let their own senator speak. Yeah. So what are you afraid of? You know, yeah, I mean, what are you afraid of at that point? And 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 Jonathan, the, he, and this is kind of a side issue to this, but but if it had been some obscure restaurant that didn't have big followers um, or a lesser known restaurant that didn't have big followers, we would have still done this. It's the right thing to protect any business yep. owner. But Chick Fil A is is loved by people, so they they also the left <laughs> chose a really really bad restaurant to uh, knock out try to knock out a business remember if, if you do a year or so ago um, chick-fil-a for the first time was going into New York City yep. and there are all these protests that they want to keep chick-fil-a out and the city can't I mean out of any place in New York City and the people just you know people from all around the country you know, have gone to chick-fil-a elsewhere they said no way we want our chick-fil-a so um, you know what they say, you know, in the Bible, God has used the, the most unlikely people at times uh, to get his message across. You know, Moses said, you know, why choose me? I stutter. Why not my brother Aaron? Well, this was a case where I think uh, Chick-fil-A was the, was the perfect person at the perfect time in terms of being a company that they decided to go after. And well, said, wait a minute. Chick-fil-A has great food. They have great service. We want our Chick-fil-A. And we don't want those owners to be punished for their beliefs. And that's right. And look, in a lot of that charitable giving, you know, there are two things here I want to hit and then and then we'll wrap up, um, is that a lot of that charitable giving goes to help people like the homeless. These are about serving some of the people that are in the most difficult situations. That's what our Christian faith compels us to do. That's what being charitable is all about. For, so for the, the city to effectively punish Chick-fil-A for doing yeah. something that is so needed, that's an essential part of the community, is concerning. But it's also this other element of local governments trying to get involved in issues that they shouldn't be involved in, have no business. Now yeah. the, the U.S. Department of Transportation is investigating this issue. Not only is there a state law, they got to deal with the feds because it involves an airport. And this was about really them trying to score some political points with some people. And, oh, you forgot about the Constitution. And sometimes we have to have state laws that make it clear how and the right way to enforce the Constitution. And that's what the Safe Chick-fil-A bill does, Senate Bill 1978, not just for Chick-fil-A, but for any business or any individual that's a membership of a religious organization. Remember, and I'm sure you remember this too, um, but for our listeners, the debate on the House and Senate floor included that if there were concerns about donations given to certain churches that people felt like right. they didn't agree with, with them on those issues. But you're right. This ties into, um, look, going into Fourth of July, our Independence Day, it reminds us about the, the strength, the importance, and the value of our country's freedom, our U.S. Constitution, and what makes America great. Well, Jonathan, you know, to all of your followers on Facebook, uh, live or on the podcast, uh, I want all of, of your followers to understand that supporting your organization is important, that um, Jonathan and Texas Values, they, they, are, they are our group in the legislature, that uh, they're, they're, they're the win uh, in our sales to keep us focused 
and not that we aren't, but to be sure we stay on top of it, never give up, never give in, keep fighting forward. And so you and, and Nicole and your team do an incredible job. And, and uh, to your supporters and donors who, who, who make all that happen, it is very, very important. Um, and so I appreciate what you all do. It's honor to work with you all. And look, there, there's no question, Jonathan, what's going on in our country. And it's so clear uh, in our country. It's clear that we are. Um, the left is trying to kick God to the curb. They're trying to kick God out of society at every level. Um, and we have to stand tall and fight back. And, um, uh, and I'm proud to stand with you in those fights. Well, look, we couldn't do it without you. Your leadership is so key. We're simply there in order to provide support, expertise, guidance. But it is what is really key is having servant leaders like yourself that understand the issues, they care about it. And I just want to say, Lieutenant Governor Patrick, to you and your wife, Jan, and, and all the members of your family, I hope you have a great, wonderful Independence Day. Celebrate the 4th of July with your family and friends. And we couldn't be more excited to have you on the Texas Values Report, and we look forward to talking to you soon about the issues of faith, family, and freedom. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you, the organization, all of your followers, all of your viewers, all of your listeners. Um, uh, we just stand in the fight. We just stand in the fight, and uh, and we'll win, because uh, if God is for us, no one can be against us, and no weapon formed against us shall prevail. And uh, and that's uh, and that's why we're in the fight. We We know who the king is. Uh, we know uh, what our, our future is in eternity. We know as believers that if we stand on the Word of God in true faith, uh, we will have the ultimate victory. So that always is the wind behind our sails, quite frankly, because we trust in the, in the Word of the Lord. Thank you, Jonathan. Amen, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Well, what a treat to have our lieutenant governor, who is so important to our state, such a tremendous leader, to speak with us about the session, but also right before 4th of July. And look, it, it is a privilege to do that. It's an honor. We don't take it for granted. But just a reminder of the value of the work we do at Texas Values. To you and your family, God bless America. Have a wonderful 4th of July. Celebrate independence. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.